0: But even if 5G has nothing to do with this coronavirus hype, even if it has absolutely nothing to do with it, 5G is still a bad thing and still needs to be opposed. And there are easily documentable, completely on-the-record reasons for opposing it that we don't have to venture into speculation about.
1: You're listening to The Corbett Report.
0: Welcome friends, James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, in a conversation that's being recorded on the 5th of March 2020. And as I noted in my recent subscriber editorial on coronavirus, the cures will be worse than the disease, the only thing spreading faster than coronavirus hype and panic right now is theories about coronavirus, its origins or causes or what what we're really experiencing here. And as I'm sure you know, there are a number of hypotheses that are being floated around. Uh, for example, that this is a bioweapon that has been released by accident or on purpose, or that it's just a passenger virus that's being diagnostically picked up, but is not in fact the true causes of the symptoms. I've heard TB being floated as the real underlying cause of what people are experiencing here. Uh, and there are all sorts of other theories that are being passed around right now. One, which I am have no doubt many of you will have seen by now, is that What we are experiencing here is an outbreak of symptoms related to 5G and the implementation of 5G and that technology. So I thought, who better to have on the program to discuss this hypothesis than the person who just made what I think is... So far, the best 5G documentary I've seen is called The 5G Trojan Horse. And of course, that's by Derek Bros of The Conscious Resistance at TheconsciousResistance.com. The link to The Conscious Resistance and to that documentary will be in the show notes along with everything else we're going to talk about today. Derek Bros, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back on, James.
0: Well, as we noted in our previous conversation, uh, our previous, previous conversation, because we did talk in Mexico, I hope people saw that one, um, but before we went to Mexico, we were talking and you did announce the 5G Trojan Horse documentary at that time, so I hope my listeners will already have seen it by now, but if not, you should know, yes, that documentary did come out, and it is published, and it is very Very well-documented, well-researched, well-put-together. It is an interesting and compelling documentary and great, I think, for introducing to the normies or the uh, uh, conspiracy realist lights in your in your vicinity, because it is a good way of inching people towards this information, which can be overwhelming. So you've done a great job on that, and I do want to get into the sort of the meat and potatoes of what you actually covered there, but let's approach that from the perspective of this hypothesis that's going on right now regarding the coronavirus. And it's not really a virus that's spreading, it's effects related to 5G. So let's talk a little bit about this hypothesis, what it actually states and what we can say about uh, its validity.
1: Yeah, so there are more than a handful of videos floating around now at this point, um, but there's definitely a few that are going pretty viral right now, which are putting forth the claim, as you said, that, um, and and each person has maybe their own take on it, right? Some people say the virus isn't even real at all. The whole thing is just EMF interaction, you know, from five. In the body, things of that sort. To other people saying, "No, the virus is real, but it's being activated by 5G." Um, other people saying, "You know, the virus is, you know, it's it's a it's all fear fear mongering, fear tactic." Like you did your video on the numbers. We, we either one way or another, we know the numbers aren't right, right? Some people say it's overinflated, it's underinflated. They're not reacting. There's just so much stuff going on right now. But as it relates to 5G, it seems that the main strain of thought is that if there is such a thing as coronavirus that it is being, um, activated, I guess you could say is, is what some folks are putting forward or the symptoms at least are coming as a result of, excuse me, of contact with 5g and EMFs. And, um, and you know, again, so many videos out there, some are claiming, you know, look at the 5g maps, places like China, Wuhan, which definitely is a very, uh, 5G, active city, Internet of Things, I mean, that's going on. South Korea, same thing. Singapore, some of the places that have been reporting 5G or have been installing 5G and Internet of Things, smart grid technology, do also have cases of coronavirus. That's a fact. Um, and there are also in fact studies i've been looking at some of them today that talk about uh, the effect on oxygen uptake by hemoglobin and how exposure to emf's could interact with that and there's even you know studies talking about emf's affecting uh, the immune system and so a lot of these things are separate facts that exist but so far there's you know an effort to string them all together which is unfortunately some of the uh, the, you know, the attacks on quote unquote conspiracy theorists typically say this, that, oh, they're just trying to string together a bunch of facts because it wants they want to feel, you know, make a worldview that makes them feel better about the world. And I mean, I'll be honest, I see a lot of people who do that. I mean, that's just people who follow both of our work are not always the, the most critically thinking people. And I think that they hop from one channel to the next, and they just swallow up whatever's being put in front of them. Um, but that's kind of the gist. You know, I know we'll get deeper into it, but that's the basic thing is that uh, it started in China, Wuhan specifically. It has nothing to do with the seafood market. has nothing to do with the biological lab. In fact, it's all because they have so many towers and antennas there. And again, just to make this clear for those who might have seen the video I just put out about this speculation – I believe in the, uh, you know, I know for a fact that these frequencies have been used and can be used as a crowd control weapon. I know for a fact that studies have shown, you know, all the, again, these, all these different facts are valid. But what I was trying to say is that maybe we're just, there's a bunch of unnecessary speculation about, you know, putting this all together. And obviously sometimes we have to, we don't have all the pieces. A lot of our best work I would say is, hey guys, here's the pieces I have and here's some of the thoughts I have related to that. And that can help move the conversation forward. But also the point of my video was to ask the viewer and as individuals to really stop and think that, you know, there is a difference between somebody who considers themselves a journalist or a researcher with credibility and that cares about that and somebody who just considers themselves a YouTuber or just a, a vlogger or whatever, who doesn't try to adhere to any standards of credibility or journalistic ethics, you know, or any th- form of objectivity other than just whatever they feel like saying at that moment? But the viewer is not always being so discerning and is said just taking all that in and running with it. And in this particular case, now I've seen so many different channels take these issues and or take this this theory and run with it and write articles about it, blogs about it, videos about other videos about it, and things of that sort. So I felt like, all right, I'm going to step into this. Because i had been hearing about it for a month prior to um, the most recent viral video, which is by Dana Ashley, I had been hearing about, you know, sort of whispers of, hey, people would send me, because I've been researching 5G so much for so long, people would send me links and say, hey, what do you think about this? Is there any credibility to that? And it would come from somewhere like your newswire, beforeitsnews.com, you know, these great bastions of truth and you know, liberty that we all know about, um, actual fake news websites, you know, just to make that clear. And uh, I would say no, I mean, they're they're taking, again, disparate points that exist separately and then trying to tie them all together in a nice little bow. And I think there are within the conspiracy movement, people who want that grand conspiracy. And there is a grand conspiracy that exists. But I mean, can you their minds are exploding coronavirus and 5G one thing? Oh, my God, you know, it just feels like there's some psychological want in there to just bring it all together. And 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 I'm, I'm not seeing it. I and I've looked at it as, you know, too many hours worth of these videos and articles, and, and I'm not seeing any clear connection.
0: All right. A lot to digest there. And I just realized I have failed in my duty as a host because I failed to mention that, yes, you have a video specifically on this that just came out talk- talking about this, the speculation around coronavirus and 5G. Of course, the link to that video will be in the show notes. Uh, where you do elaborate on all of the things that you just went through there, I think it's also important to underline: yes, uh, we are in an information-deprived environment. We do not know all the details, so speculation is going to be necessary to some extent. We have to formulate hypotheses to try to get a, a grasp on what's going, uh, what's going on. But they're hypotheses, and we have to understand them as such. Therefore, we have to look at the facts and see if they line up with the hypothesis. We we have to try to put forward. Uh, predictions and test the what, what's going to happen based on our predictions that we're able to make using the model that we, we've constructed. And we have to stop from investing our identity and wedding our identity to these hypotheses that come along uh, so that you start defending it as if it's, oh no, it has to be 5G or whatever it is. Of course, this is just one of the many examples of theories that have been put out. And I hope we can model an example of how to look at something like this rationally and critically. There are points in favor and points against this type of thing, so what do we do? So, for example, something that occurs to me as a result of this, you mentioned, for example, people who are taking a look at the maps, and look, Wuhan is a place that was lead leading spearheading 5G implementation in China, and now it's coronavirus. Okay, oh, South Korea, uh, Singapore, other places that have been world leaders in this, but as you point out in your video, well, Houston prided itself on being the world's first 5G implementing city. We haven't seen a huge outbreak in Houston yet, so so why why Wuhan and not Houston? Is there something that's being added to the 5G frequencies in Wuhan or some sort of combination? What is that X factor and how do we look for that? And what does that tell us about where future outbreaks might occur? How does this explain uh, the, the instances that are coming up in Oman and Croatia and Ecuador and Iceland and other places that are not particularly known for their 5G implementation? Uh, is, is there no relation there? How do, Again, what does that tell us about what we can or can cannot expect in other places in the future. Uh, on this particular cruise ship, as you go th- through in your uh, video, there's there's talk, of there was potentially some, there's some sort of Wi-Fi system that was implemented there, but was it 5G related or, or is this a separate thing? Um, why that one cruise ship, but not other cruise ships? Uh, again, there's lots of different points that we can interrogate here. Uh, any Anything that comes to your mind in, in terms of how we actually get an actual grasp on this hypothesis and what it predicts or fails to predict.
1: Well, uh, so as you said, you know, this is, somebody's or many people's hypothesis at the moment. Well, you got to test that, right? And and the, just a the couple of basic questions you asked there, I feel like are the the quickest way there. Okay, well, you get a list of, and I've got lists of these I can send if somebody wants to look at, you can look up the list of cities and countries that have had 5G. I've got a very helpful website I found that shows you the most current maps that are being updated weekly. Um, and so you could take that and overlay that with the coronavirus stuff if you wanted to so pursue that. Um, but as you said, and I, I made sure to check this out again before we talked uh, this evening. Uh, Houston prided itself on being the first 5G city in the world. Now, maybe that's a stretch. Maybe they weren't exactly the first, but they were definitely the first in the U.S. And that was October 2018, right? So that was with Verizon. And then I looked it up again. A couple months later, at and launched their business-only um, 5G in Houston. And then just last year in 2019, in the spring, Sprint launched their – additional 5g so and then uh the fall t-mobile so now at the point where we are right now here in 2020 we have four different companies offering different levels and types of you know uh, residential or ultra fast band whatever they want to call it 5g and they've got different public centers around the city that are being blasted by this so i mean that's four different companies four different sets of infrastructure they're not all sharing the same infrastructure. Some of them, you know, are doing the millimeter wave. Some are doing it differently. So we're, we're definitely pretty saturated in this at the moment. And it's not the complete blanketing like we're going to see in the coming five years or so, maybe not as far as long as places like South Korea. But it's definitely prevalent here. And uh, other than maybe a couple of days ago, Rice University here in Houston, there was a couple of students who said they're going to voluntarily quarantine because of a trip they made recently. But there's been no and we have the fourth largest city in the country, international airport, people flying in and out of Houston from all over the world. And thus far we're having no um, major reports of outbreaks or cases or anything like that. So that's just, you know, my personal experience here in one city. Now, if somebody was really trying to test this theory, then I would suggest getting that list again of places that have been advertising. It's not hard to find that, find the hot spots. Like for example, <clears throat> in the U S right now, the, the outbreak is Seattle. They're saying, right. And then Los Angeles County and some of these places. Well, if you wanted to try to prove these things together, you would then go do the research on uh, has 5G been installed there. And even if you do, look, okay, I got a match. That still doesn't prove the theory. It just means you can progress now to the next step of your testing your hypothesis. Because if if you start off there, you can't even prove that 5G is existing in some of these places, which, as you said, there are already reports of places um, that don't have 5G yet. Maybe they have Wi-Fi or different things. And when I put this forward to some uh, wise YouTube commenter, they said – Oh, it's because um, they haven't turned it on yet. Or how do you know that Houston really was first? Or, you know, move the goalposts or whatever, like, right. um, to keep fitting the narrative. Well, and that's again, the you're problem. right.
0: Yeah, we have to, because uh, clearly there's an X factor involved. It clearly something happened in Wuhan or uh, we're being told something happened in Wuhan. OK, so, yeah, maybe they did something special in Wuhan or maybe it's it, as they as maybe the 5G is activating something. That's a hypothesis. It could be the case. But we have to then I try to hone in on, OK, so what is that? x-factor. And again, what does that tell us about what is going to happen from here? That's really the proof will be in the pudding when you come up with a model that actually predicts something in the real world and and lines up with the data. That's the real holy grail, and I don't think we're there yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and so I think that for anybody listening to this who has seen uh, Dana's video or any of the other videos, there's a bunch of them out there now floating around. I mean, there's so much you could just you know obsess about coronavirus and, and get all afraid if you want to. And uh, I'm guilty of letting it get to me a little bit the more I see popping up everywhere, right? I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can travel anymore. And uh, I think, though, if the, whatever theory you want to ascribe to, we should, for one, just Probably just safely say the official story is not true. We can say that probably without you know too much doubt. Doesn't mean we know what the facts are, and I, that's another thing. Uh, point I want to make for a moment is just that. I think we need to get to a place where we're okay as individuals, as researchers, I know that I am personally, with just accepting that we don't know certain things and that we might never know. Uh, I've noticed in, in commenters and people online that that's something they're very averse to. And they you want to, again, have that worldview that explains everything to you because it's scary to feel like, oh, maybe we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I'm going to die and never really know the full story. I'm never Nobody's going to tell me exactly what's going on, which we all you know, work towards trying to uncover the truth. But the fact is that in many of these cases, unless you're in China reporting or you've got, you know, on the ground sources, which some of us do have, and there's some pretty crazy things going on, but unless you can see and witness something firsthand and document it and go confirm, and, you know, that's where I think the journalism comes in, actually trying to talk to experts and, you know, taking one piece of information and then going and confirming that another way. Um, But if you can't do that, then it's okay to just accept that you might not know the answer. It's okay, like because there's a lot of theories and ideas that you know we could sit around and have a you know conversation at the bar, and, and and I'll be like, yeah, you know, this is what I think is really going on, but I can't put my name on a documentary with that information or an article that says I know it's happening. But in private conversations, or maybe even in some videos, I can kind of say, all right, guys, this is speculation here. This is what I think based on everything I've researched, what I feel like, and sometimes later those things are proven true. But I notice a lot where folks are kind of reacting to me with this uh, coronavirus speculation. They obviously haven't seen my documentary, but they're like, you can't, you don't understand that 5G is, you know, causing harm. It's like, I, I very obviously understand that, but that doesn't mean what you're saying is also true. I can see one thing without necessarily having to buy the whole thing wholesale. So I just want to put that out there that it's okay to be in a place where you recognize that you don't have all the facts. And, and that's, you're probably going to be more respected instead of going around and acting like you got it all figured out because, you know, none of us haven't figured out and that's just, just being real about it. Um, You know, and, and, and if I could, James, before I know we're going to talk a little bit about my work, Uh, one of the things, you know, I have a rolling list of coronavirus things and I just want to say that as far as things that I'm genuinely concerned about in relation to this whole topic, it's more the response. And I think many of us are starting to see the response to this thing. I mean, just today... New York Times wrote, uh, China's battle against coronavirus, seven takeaways. And their, one of their takeaways, which is something that the World Health Organization also put out just this morning, is that Chinese China's aggressive containment measures worked and helped slow down the spread of the virus. And today I'm in the car and I'm listening to BBC propaganda. And what do they say for the first 20 minutes? talking about Italy, and maybe it's necessary for us to start containing people and quarantining them, you know, and do, being aggressive about it. And they said something along the lines, like, you know, sometimes the medicine you got to swallow is bitter, but, you know, if you don't do it, then it could be worse. Or, you know, so this this idea is getting floated out there, and this is more what I'm concerned about. Like, we could argue all day about how it started, and perhaps later down the line, we will have those facts, but at the moment, we should be paying attention to what's going on and how people are responding to this. I mean, the World Health Organization urges people to go cashless because dirty banknotes could be spreading the coronavirus. Hmm, sounds like a part of a plan, maybe. Uh, People are rationing toilet paper. Even here in Houston, grocery stores are running out of water. I mean, it's already, this mentality, whether real, fabricated, bioweapon, 5G activated, whatever, it is having real world outcomes. And the other thing that, this to me is a more interesting theory, uh, probably with some more credibility, is you had Venezuela's Maduro earlier today say that he thinks COVID-19 could be a biological weapon used against China. Um, Iranian news, uh, Iranian officials as well, reported by the Times of Israel, virus is a biological attack on China and Iran. And Iran says Iranian civil defense chief. I mean, those to me are more. I I don't have the evidence yet, but I think that's um, an interesting thing to think that hey, America's. Uh, ideological and propaganda enemy China is exploding with this. And now it's exploding all over Iran with people. There's stories of bodies piling up and things of this. So there are threads here that we should pull, I think. And and definitely there's important theories to try to uh, toss out of here, but I'm I'm also more keeping an eye on the response to it. Because as I said, the World Health Organization just this morning recommends aggressive containment measures. And if similar aggressive containment measures, other countries could see a decline like China. So that's what's being called for is aggressive containment measures and, uh, of course, vaccines and all this sort of stuff. That's what really worries me. While we're arguing about this, it kind of plays into the, the, the hands of the event 201 propaganda. For those who have seen that event funded by bill gates and the world bank and all those folks they specifically modeled this they simulated this and it just so happened to be a coronavirus i know it's not the same one they flagged us on the mind unleashed as fake news for writing about this because they said oh it wasn't the same virus this is a novel virus so how could it possibly be the same either way in the simulation they specifically said we have to work on containing disinformation and the spread of fake news around the internet and they even floated the idea of arresting people temporarily who are spreading this information and Look at what we have. We have a situation with a lot of disinformation out there. Um, and uh, most people, I think, who spread disinformation, misinformation are probably not paid by the government, but people who just jump on something and they just repeat it. And it's that game of telephone. It just gets repeated everywhere over and over. And those videos get vir- go viral, unfortunately, instead of um, what I tried to produce, which I think is a more well-researched, sourced, you know, full-length documentary on the topic.
0: And then, of course, let's fill in the dots. It's easy for after the fact for them to point at those, those pieces of spreading misinformation and saying, look, see, this is why we have to censor what's going on online, because people are spreading this kind of nonsense and blah, blah, blah. So we know where this ultimately leads. That's why we have to clearly delineate. This is a hypothesis. We are speculating about this or that. We do not know the truth. You raise a couple of important points. One is that, yes, we have to say, and as as I said in my coronavirus article right up front, the reality is that I don't know the truth about what this virus really is or where it came from, and neither do you. And that is an important and tough pill for some people to swallow, whose egos ride on them being absolutely 100% certain, and if you don't see it, you're a shill, and blah, blah, blah. I have no time for that uh, at this point. But also, regardless of where this comes from or what it really is or whether it even exists or not, the hype and panic and pandemonium is very real and has real-world consequences and will be used as part of the problem-reaction solution towards implementing a number of New World Order agenda items, exactly as I wrote about in my article. So yes, let's also address the other side of this. If you don't believe 5G is causing coronavirus, then you're a shill for 5G, Derek, which is ludicrous on its face, because as I say, you have done what I think, at least so far as I've seen, the best 5G uh, documentary. Uh, it's called The 5G Trojan Horse. And extra hat, hat tip to you go to slash Trojan Horse, and not only will you be able to watch the documentary, a complete hyperlinked transcript of the documentary. Everything that you say and all the sources for what you're talking about, there hyperlinked. I cannot stress enough how important that is. I, it is an absolute backbone fundamental part of what I do and I'm glad to see someone else out there doing it. It's mind-boggling to me how few people actually do this and I realize the majority of the audience are not researchers, they're not they're they're here for information in the quickest convenient form, but for researchers I cannot stress how important it is not just to have a, a show notes but a complete hyperlinked transcript. That is awesome. So so uh, tell people about the 5G Trojan Horse documentary.
1: Yeah, thank you for that, James. Uh, I will say I'm I'm really proud of it. It's been getting uh, you know rave reviews from just people watching it online, as well as people that I value their opinion, like yourself, um, who can see the time and energy I put into it. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, for me, again, going back to what I said earlier, if my name is on something, an article. You know a video especially a documentary that you know is, is more of an evergreen timeless piece like i put time and energy hundreds and probably thousands of hours to checking this information. There's pieces of information, as you know, that couldn't make the cut because otherwise these documentaries would be four hours long. And so I am thankful when people actually check the transcript and sources. And I also, whenever somebody comes to tell me that I'm crazy and uh, you know I, everything I just put in the documentary is full of it, I just send them the transcript and say, please feel free to debunk it and uh, send that back to me and we can you know actually go back and forth if you're if that's something people are willing to do typically they're not interested but I wanted to create a documentary that as you said in the beginning of the conversation is a little more digestible for the normies in the audience this is the time that you and your friends are all sitting around and having dinner together or having a having a drink and you just say, hey, guys, let's watch this documentary together. And your friends who are not watching The Corbett Report or not watching The Conscious Resistance who have casually heard about 5G and maybe they even heard that, oh, the scary Russians are trying to get them to be afraid of it, but they don't really know much about it. It's, so it's not written – and um, produced in the way that I've seen most of the other 5G documentaries. Again, the stuff that goes viral, the most viral one, is, is at, the, at least before, was the the 5G extinction event, and uh, mixes some truth with a lot of fear-mongering. And, you know, that's just – so I wanted to take it out of that whole thing. Just like with the Finder story, I wanted to try to do it in more of a almost true crime, a real investigative way, and I thought it might be uh, more palatable to sort of I I guess kind of give it a little bit of a storyline. So the narrative basically is just following my journey of like, hey, I'm a journalist in Houston and I didn't know much about 5G. I didn't know much about EMFs or cell phones or I had kind of heard about it over the years, but I never seriously looked at it. And when I finally decided to, here's all the crazy stuff I've found. And so it follows that journey showing me going and uh, messing with the status at city council and harassing the mayor and the CEO of Verizon and the people in the FCC and then we go through the health, we spend a good amount of time on the health because obviously that's a big concern for plenty of people. And as somebody who's not a scientist but has interviewed people who have those credentials, I felt like I really wanted to pad that, that section with lots of information. And again, that is all linked and sourced for people to go look on them, their own. Uh, then uh, we talk about the privacy and the the security concerns which is definitely something your audience will be familiar with because of the 5G dragnet that you produced. And uh, talk about those implications, and then I also spent some time looking at the loss of local power because, as I mentioned to you last time, I mean this is just a total status corporatist takeover that's happening here. And the silence from some corners is just mind-blowing to me because you're just seeing this complete corporate power grab you know, welcomed by the Trump administration and, of course, helped before that by the Obama administration and the Bush administration and the Clinton administration, uh, of course, just back and forth. And so we go through that, some of the revolving door between the FCC and certain law firms, and of course the industry. Uh, then we get into uh, the environment, even. We talk about the effects on uh, not only trees, birds, bees, insects. We talk about some of the corruption of the science, including uh, what is known as the uh, War Games memo from Motorola, where they tried to, in their own words, War game some of the scientists who were uh, exposing that <laughs> radio frequency radiation can cause harm. And we go through all that information, and I really try to make it clear uh, that this whole race to 5G that we're hearing all about is a totally created, manufactured event by the telecoms. It's a, it's a marketing ploy. It's also a geopolitical thing with the U.S. and China trying to convince their populations that hey, don't take their equipment because they're going to spy on you, while completely ignoring the fact that you know the U.S. can do the same thing. And so that's why it is interest. You know, to me, it makes sense that Wuhan and places in China would have a lot of 5G right now because there's this huge geopolitical race of, is China going to get it first or is the U.S. going to get it? And the U.S. trying to shame their partners and allies who use Chinese equipment. So we, we go through all that that element kind of looking at the geopolitical side of things, the loss of local power, the corporatism, the health, the privacy concerns, the environment. And I think as far as I'm concerned, really just smash it to pieces as far as, you know, there's no, I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of that little section of that whole part of the film – People are – I just feel there's no way to walk away without at least some doubts about the system unless you're totally just bought in. And then, of course, we end with solutions, talking about things that I've come across that you can do on the personal level and also making it clear that, hey, once this thing rolls out everywhere, you won't be able to avoid it. You know, And then maybe we will be dealing with some – with the case of – Us being blasted by certain frequencies that people start getting sick or, you know, I would say this just to kind of backtrack a little bit. If people were reporting along with the coronavirus, if their skin was warming up or they were getting like heating of the skin as part of the symptoms, then I probably would be more inclined to think, hey, this could be something to do with electromagnetic fields. Because that's one of the first signs is uh, and that's how the crowd control weapon works is it focuses on your skin. But we're not seeing any of that. But we might get to a point when that comes, because if 5G rolls out all the way, as it seems to be doing, there will be no avoiding it. And as we talk about in the film, and the facial recognition, the smart grid, um, this, you know, smart lights, uh, the interconnected, everything, doorbell cameras and smart fridges and all that stuff, complete erosion of privacy. Uh, and I definitely think it's, it's going to be complemented with a social credit score system that is already rolling out, uh, across Europe and Asia. And, uh, of course in, in the Western world, it's coming too as well. So, um, yeah, the documentary is called the 5G Trojan horse. It's an hour and a half long. It is available at the conscious resistance.com slash Trojan horse. I'm actually going to be putting up, um, uh, And I haven't told anybody else this yet. So first for your audience, I'm going to be putting up a paid version for those who might want to just, I think it's going to be five bucks. If you want to support and throw five bucks, this version has not been seen by anybody else. It's a little bit more polished of an edit. You can call it a director's cut if you want. It's just got a little bit more of a soundtrack and some cleaner edits and things like that we did. You're not going to admit it's same information. So, I mean, don't feel like you need to buy it just to get the secret information or anything like that. But if you want to watch it for free and then, you know, buy your own downloadable copy for five bucks then you can do that, and that'll just continue to support me to do more documentary films and try to keep exposing these things. But yeah, I'm really happy with the way it came out. We're going to be doing a premiere here in Houston at the end of this month. It'll be like the first kind of in-person showing, and um, you know we're going to see how far we can push it. Hopefully this film, which is factual and backed up by
0: sources and links, can go as viral as some of these other things that are not as backed up by sources. Exactly what I'm thinking. Can you imagine if the 5G Trojan horse had half a million views or 10 million views or whatever it is rather than some of these other videos. Yes, excellent. All right. So uh, let's, again, direct people to theconsciousresistance.com slash Trojan Horse where they can see and read and experience that documentary. And uh, once again, let's underline the the main points of today's conversation for the heart of thinking. Yes, 5G coronavirus link is hypothesis and speculation. And uh, it, it's let, yeah, so let's entertain hypotheses, but let's clearly deline- delineate when it is speculation and what we know and what we don't know and what we should be looking for. Let's make a plan of action. If we really believe something, then we should be able to clearly delineate what it is we're looking for and how we test that hypothesis, etc. cetera. But even if 5G has nothing to do with this coronavirus hype, even if it has absolutely nothing to do with it, 5G is still a bad thing and still needs to be opposed. And there are easily documentable, completely on-the-record reasons for opposing it that we don't have to venture into speculation about. That's the kind of info that you present in the 5G Trojan horse. That's why it's important to present that info, especially to people who don't already, as you say, watch The Corbett Report or The Conscious Resistance or know about this type of information. It is hard facts and documentable evidence, which is what we need to put on the table. Uh, and yes, hypotheses and speculation are necessary to a certain extent, but let's clearly delineate when we are speculating so that we don't get trapped into believing believing our own hype, as it were. Um, that's one of the conspiracy rabbit holes is when you start following things and start investing your identity in theories that you can't prove and you start getting wedded to uh, to falsities. So a lot to think about in this conversation. Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Uh, No, I just appreciate you
1: being willing to have this conversation. James, you're definitely uh, your level of research. I think many people recognize it and appreciate that. And so I I feel like that to me is is a standard that I aim for as an individual and that other people do as well. And I only feel like there will be more researchers like that if we continue to have these conversations to slow down a minute and say, hey, let's actually think about what we're putting out there as content creators and for the listeners or the viewers, the supporters, you know, think about being discerning when you're taking in all kinds of information, because I've seen people go from my channel to your channel, to this channel, and they just consume so much. And uh, it's important to stop and, and really discern between the, all the things you're hearing. But thank you. They
0: might need some holistic self-assessment for even. All right. I all right. So. Well, we'll <laughs> leave it there for today. Derek Bros, theconsciousresistance.com. Thank you for your time.